Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Hey guys, Chad here, and we've got a special announcement that I am super psyched about. We are announcing the first ever Real Estate Hackers Conference. Get excited. It's called the Next Generation of Real Estate Investing focused on really the future of where investing is going, combining real estate, tech, and all the innovation coming about. It's gonna be held in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the Lancaster Convention Center. We're gonna have 40 speakers, including many folks that you've heard on this podcast, folks like Matt Faircloth, Jerry Horst, Anna Kelly, Michael Manthai, even Eric Cabral, who produces the show, will be there. Networking at night on Friday and Saturday at some super fun places within walking distance of the event. And we're gonna have 100 vendors from across investing. These are folks I wish I had met when I first started investing in real estate. Each will even have a discount coupon to save you money the first time you work with them. April 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Lancaster Convention Center. Go to realestatehackersconference.com to learn more. That's realestatehackersconference.com. Use the code HACKERS to save 50 bucks. And man, I hope to see you there. It's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. On to the show. All right. Welcome, guys. I am pumped up today. Awesome guest for everybody. We're actually going to cover two different topics today. Two very different topics, but both super innovative. We're going to talk about lease options of someone who's actually doing it successfully. And then we're going to talk about the whole iBuying craze and where that's going. Jason Moss in the house. Thanks for joining, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is great. Cool. So Jason and I met at the uh, Bigger Pockets conference, uh, which if you didn't go to that conference, you, you should. Good conference. And uh, we started talking. I was just really impressed by everything he's up to. So Jason, why don't we, as a starting point, let's talk about a lot of people talk about lease options in real estate. And you're probably the first person I've ever seen who can actually scale it, <laughs> do it repeatedly, successfully. I'd love to just kind of get maybe some background for the folks of how you set up your lease options with your uh, tenants. Yeah, I started out as an appraiser, so I got that background. I've been flipping houses since, you know, 2001, kind of on the side as I was doing my appraisals. Got my real estate license somewhere in there. We bought a, a hotel and, and I paid this huge commission and realized that I didn't want to be doing that anymore. So I got my real estate license just to save myself money uh, on these flips. So that's kind of how it's, how it's progressed. And now we've, my partner and I, I think it was back in 2014, I want to say we, we partnered up on a deal and I, and I partner up with different people on different deals from time to time, but we partnered up on, on a flip and he was the hard money lender on it. And I was the flipper and I made a lot of money. He made a little bit of money and he was like, I want to learn how you, what you, what you're doing. And so uh, I went ahead and started doing a few more deals with him and he was kind of the driving force in that partnership. And we got to the point where we were doing, I don't know, six or seven flips at a time. We had a pretty decent operation going. We had good crew. And then we came across one property that we're like, you know what? This is a very cheap property. We bought it in the outskirts of town. It was a good, good sample, a good one to test. And we had just gone to a training 
from a John Burley. He's out here in Arizona. He's been doing this since the eighties. Okay. And, and to speak to your, to your scale, I don't know how, how much he's, you know, I'm sure he has, uh, has done a ton of these. I don't know how many he has or if he scales it on a national nationwide scale or not. But anyway, we, we had taken his course and we're like, you know, let's try this. And we, we definitely do something quite a bit different than what he does, but that's where we initially, where I remembered about lease options. I'd heard about it before, but it wasn't really a good time in my life. Anyways, we had this property, we tried it out and it actually worked decent. And we're like, okay, this is working out pretty good. We only made, it was probably our worst deal to date. Of course, your, your first deal and we still have it. It's still, it's still going. We've only been doing this for three years and we've, we have scaled it quite a bit. And I got, I got to attribute my partner with a good portion of that. He's the finance partner of our partnership and I'm the real estate guy. So I'm going in, I'm finding these deals, I'm structuring the deals. Um, and then he comes in with the, with the cash, but he's not like this wealthy guy. He's just a guy with a, you know, a decent income. He's a therapist by trade. And the, the what we've been able to do in, in scale is, is a lot attributed to that, to that fact too. But so that's how we got started. And then we haven't looked back. We had six or seven flips going and all of a sudden we're like, we found that we made two to three times the amount we made with a flip, uh, with a lease option than we would with a flip. And so so like, uh, here, yeah, here's what would be really helpful. Why don't you just walk us through like just a very typical deal, maybe the last deal you did that was a lease option and how you, is it typically buying the house and then doing a rehab, finding a tenant, but rather yeah. than a normal lease, you kind of or or selling it, you kind of go right between the two. Yeah, so Burlow's been bantered around quite a bit. The Burlow, the Burr model, the B, you know, the buy, the rehab, the refinance, rent, and then repeat. Yeah. My partner, my partner, kind of coined the term Burlow, right? Instead of the instead of the uh, rent out portion, we're leasing it out. So it's the same concept. We're buying <laughs> these properties at discount. We're you know we're refin- rehabbing them, refinancing them. And then instead of the renting them out, we're lease option out. And then we would just repeat the process. So I won't give you our most recent deal because that was really awesome. But just a t- typical deal for us, we come in and we buy, we'll buy a property for under 150. We find that this works well in our market, you know, different markets. I'm going to, I'm sure the numbers are different, but if it'll cash flow is the key, right? So we go in, we buy, buy these properties for under 75% of ARV. So we want to buy these properties. And after we make our repairs, we want to be all in about 75%. Okay. Okay. So that's our target. You know, sometimes we're left with, you know, five, 10, 15, $20,000 left into these deals where the numbers don't quite, quite work out like we wanted them to or, or whatever. And so what we'll do is we'll get a more, a private uh, lender to come in and come into second position, always under 80% and they cash us our equity back out so we can continue to grow. That's how we've been able to scale this so well. Uh, it really comes down to those private money lenders. And what we're doing is we're saying, Hey, you know, if you lend with us on a deal, we'll pay 8% interest. And then we'll, we'll also teach you what we're doing. We're, we're opening up our contacts, our contracts. We're kind of showing, we have a WhatsApp app. We take them to, we go to lunch every you know month and we have meetups every month. And so we're kind of like, Hey, come and learn, but at the same time you can get paid for it. So that's kind of, that's how we've really attracted a lot of these, you know, hard money lender wouldn't go into second position typically unless they're, you're paying you know, astronomical rates, but these, these private money lenders they're rather than paying 30 to $40,000 for a seminar, they're coming to us and they're just lending to us. And it works out great for us because we get a, a good rate at 8%, but they're able to get a good learning experience too. So when you buy the house, you're actually putting it under a mortgage up front. And you're only doing the private money loan? No, I guess I was a little misleading on that. So we buy them with hard money. 
you know, we okay. pay the, we pay okay. the, you know, the high, high interest rates and that's just until we rehab it and we, we get it rented out or lease optioned out. And yep. then we refinance it at that point to a lower takeout rate. Got it. And then, and then we're like, okay, well, we still have, you know, we put 30 into this. We're only able to suck out 25 on that refi. We still have five left into this. Let's bring in a, part, a private money lender to make up that extra five so we can be in it for zero. And then our returns are infinite, right? So, I mean, people are talking about returns in the stock market. And if, if it's not over, you know, 500%, I'm not interested, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of silly. But, but if you have no money into it, then your returns are infinite. Right. Okay. And then, so you, you do the rehab, you pull out your money. So you're, you're not really investing money. You're really just investing your time. And then, you know, if the house would normally rent for, let's say market rents 1300. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. This is a random number. I think if I heard you tell me this before, you actually rent these uh, lease option, rent to own leases at, at higher than market rate. Yeah, so I, I alluded to this a little bit a minute ago when I say we make about three times the rent in, it, we make about three times the amount we'd make on a flip. So on a typical deal, we were we were shooting for like, we want to make $20,000 on a flip. In certain markets, that may be good. In certain markets, that may be bad. That's, but here, that was pretty typical. We could find that deal. But those deals started to get thinner and thinner. When we started doing the numbers on these lease options, we realized we're able to sell them for about 107% of market value. So say it's, say it appraises for 200,000, we could, we could usually sell it for, you know, 215, 220, something like that. And then we're able to get about 10% more on the rent. On a $1,300 a month home, we would probably, we probably wouldn't go quite 10%. Maybe we'd just go to like 1390, okay. 1400, something like that. Yeah. And so we're able to get a premium rent, a premium sales price, we don't have to pay realtors, realtor fees on the back end. So there's 6% right there. Right. We, don't, we, have, we have in our contract that they pay the closing costs when they end up buying it. They're responsible for major repairs. You know, the Tenant Landlord Act is, is pretty clear about you keeping the properties safe and, and things like that for your tenants. But the way we've written up the contract, they're really responsible for all that minor stuff, that, those calls Christmas Eve that you don't want. Mm-hmm. A lot of that goes away with the lease options because this is, it's a different mentality. It's a buyer's mindset versus a, a landlord or a tenant mindset. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't get as much of that. So they're like, you know, a light bulb goes out, they fix it. Uh, you know, the, the AC that they're eventually going to buy, they replace those filters because they want it to, they want to the house to last a long time. Cause, yeah. Cause they're yeah buy better it. maintenance. They probably take care of the floor, mm-hmm. you know, that right. kind of thing. so those things in addition to the mortgage pay down, the cash flow we're receiving every month, all that equals up to about three times what we'd make on a flip. That's awesome. So now, I mean, I, I, I that's also all the, the good parts of this. I, I'm sure there's some legal aspects too. You gotta be careful of, right. Of kind of just being really, really knowing your local uh, laws in terms of, I, I think you had told me it's actually two separate contracts is how you write these up. Yeah. So we've been told that in certain parts of the country in Texas, this is a, you can't do lease options. Now, I don't want to say you can't do it because I haven't looked into it long enough because I, I firmly believe that there's a workaround for pretty much everything. You can figure out a way to do this legally, but just on surface level, you can't do them in Texas, but you can do them in, in the, every other 49 States. But what they've ruled in certain States and certain, you know, when, when you have to go evict somebody, you know, they're like, they, this is their house. So sometimes they fight it. We haven't had any of this scenario, but what we've heard is the courts are looking at this and saying, okay, you've got a, you've got a down payment, even though you're calling it a, you know, a deposit and you've got mortgage pay down every month. And so this looks like a mortgage. It smells like a mortgage. 
we're going to make you a victim like a mortgage. We're going to make you foreclose on them versus. So we've heard that. And so when we started this, we, we separated the contracts into two, you know, we've got the lease agreement and that's the lease agreement. And then we have an option contract, which is totally separate. And we don't do rent credits every month. We don't do any of that. We do have an option fee and we and we're very clear that it's a fee and it's not a down payment. This is something that is non-refundable and it's $3,900. We only charge 2,900 in North Carolina and, and in some other areas, but in Arizona, it's $3,900 and that's a fee that just goes away. And that's how we separate it. It's an option contract and there's a lease agreement. They are tied to each other if, because if one, if you're not current on your lease, you obviously can't exercise your option. If we evict you, then your option gets forfeited, things like that, but they are separate contracts. It's fascinating. That is great. And you've been able to do this at scale, right? I mean, not just like one or two, but, but, but a bunch. Uh, basically just, I think you told me that there's, there's basically more demand on the tenant side than there is supply of these homes. Absolutely. We get people. And if we really wanted to, we could, we do keep a list of everybody, but if we really wanted to, we could say, Hey, we've got a great tenant here. Let's go out and find a house for them. You know, but we're so focused on getting all of our money back that we're not really looking to go out and find specific properties for deals. But yeah, we get, we list a property and we get tons and tons of calls. There's a lot of them that didn't realize what it was. And they're like, Oh, it's just a rental. And we did this little video, best 300 bucks I've ever spent. That basically just explains that I said, I don't even answer any questions when they call me. And this is another thing that you have to do at scale. You cannot be explaining this 10 times a day to 10 different people or a hundred yeah. times a day. I have this quick little video. I just say, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to send you this link. Once you watch the video, if you're still interested, text me back and we'll get you inside to see the property. We have a three-step thing. First thing is watch the video, then we'll get you in the house, then we'll send you the application. It's awesome. I've got one more just kind of technical question. So sure. when, you, when you post it, are you posting on like Zillow or are you posting on like the MLS or? Well, because I'm a realtor, it's easy for me to, to post on the MLS and then it's syndicated out to thousands of different rent sites like Zillow, Trulia, Hot Pads. Okay, so you're, you're, you're kind of doing both. You're kind of posting on both people like on the MLS that are, that are probably looking for to buy a home and also maybe some more traditional renting sites. Oh, I see what you're saying. We do list it as a rental in the MLS, but on, if we ever get a property that's not turning really fast, we'll also list it as for sale. Right. But we'll say in there, you know, rent to own or something like that to kind of catch the eye. So we do list it in two different ways, but honestly listing, usually just listing it as a rental gets the job done. Okay. That, yeah, that was kind of my question was, are you going after the, the renter market and, and kind of the way you would traditionally market to renters or are you going after the, the buyer? And it sounds like you're kind of going after the renter. Yeah, mostly the renter, but we do pull out that trick if we need it. It's awesome, man. Cool. Well, I, I mean, I could probably take an hour to talk more about uh, that project, but I really, I want to kind of do a very sharp turn here. And I want to talk about something that I am very intellectually intrigued by. I'm passionate about. I know it has people on both sides of the fence. And that is the whole kind of eye buying philosophy. And, and if you're up for it, let's, let's kind of switch gears to that. And maybe give me uh, some background of how you went from rent to own into essentially building out a website in the eye buying space. The way that I got into this, the rent to own is really a side gig. Honestly, we've built this thing up and we just celebrated a hundred doors that we got, you know, we're not, we're not huge. I mean, I'm, we're talking to people that do a lot of, a lot of, have a lot of doors, but you know, for us, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. And uh, for a hundred doors, we're, we're super excited about that, but that's all been done in part time over the last three years. Like I'm a full-time, you know, I'm heavily invested in, in exit nest uh, is the company that, that we're talking about now. 
and just, you know, my other real estate stuff. So this project came about, it was born by me and my buddy and my buddy really, you know, he's the founder. I'm a co-founder of this, but he, he's a old, um, home investors franchise owner. Uh, we buy ugly houses. So he would be in people's homes. We've been with each other, you know, for a long time. We've been doing this for 20 years and we'd be, he'd be sitting in these widows, maybe their husband died and they're she's sitting in the, at their dining room table. And these people have multiple offers from different cash buyers. And now, now that's translate that translates over to I buyers. You've got all these I buyers that are, that want to buy your home and they're sitting down and, and there's kind of this dynamic where, you know, the investors trying to get the home for as little as possible, but you got this person in the situation that is just, you know, cause oft, oftentimes these are tragic situations and, and you, you feel bad that you're like, I need to buy it at this low price in order to make this work, but I want to get you the most you can. Cause I feel bad for your situation, but it just, so it's, it's a hard situation to be in as an investor. It's kind of like, by the way, just to pause. I mean, I think many of our, many of our listeners who, who go direct to owners who are trying to convince them to sell. I mean, I think what you're explaining is not a new concept, right? Where you're, no, you know, no. ultimately you're trying to get that price for your profits. You want it to be as low as possible, but typically the person standing at the other side of the table has either has a tough situation going on or, you know, maybe they're, they're older and don't really know the real estate market. Something's going on and, and you, you know, you, you emotionally feel bad for them and want to get as much money for them as possible. Yeah, I guess, I guess the point I was getting to was they've got a lot of options and they're shopping, you know, they're shopping you. If you don't think these people are shopping, you know, they are. And so they've, she, anyway, this, this person, right. They, just they, sitting, right. they may have 10 offers but <laughs> sitting on their table. Of yeah, but, different. but even as a real estate professional, if it's not the same contract that I'm used to, you know, these wholesale contracts from these wholesalers or these, these buyers, a lot of them are one-sided. And so you look at all these different contracts. Okay. Which one is paying cash, truly paying cash? Which ones, how many of these are wholesalers? How many of these are actually going to buy the house? Are they going to retrade me once they, you know, ask for repairs? You know, there's how they stay on my home in my home after we close. There's yeah. a lot of different nuances to this. And so we're sitting at these people's table and we're like, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better way. We didn't like that dynamic. And so we created exit nest to, kind of help fill that need. And so what, what we do is kind of like a, we liken it to like an Expedia or a Travelocity. Uh, what they did for travel, we're trying to do for real estate. Like if you want a, a flight from Texas to Florida, you're like, I want the cheapest flight. And then you realize the cheapest flight has three layovers and it's 21 hours. You're like, actually, I don't want the cheapest flight. Maybe let's do the cheapest flight direct. that's direct. Okay, that's what I want. Or maybe, you know, so with all those nuances, it's kind of a learning experience for the, the person. Yeah, I'll tell you the site that you remind me the most of, and it's, it's a site that people haven't often heard of, but it's called um, Hipmunk. It's kind of like a kayak. It's a yeah. way lesser known travel site, but, but what it really specialized in was all these different filters for like, you know, cost might not be necessarily the best factor to look for. As I say, when you're dealing with iBuyers, that's exactly the scenario the people that are attracted to these eye buyers oftentimes it's for convenience. They don't want to have to kennel their dog. They don't want to have yeah. to clean, keep their house clean. Maybe they're busy. They can't do showings. So there's a lot of convenience aspects to eye buyers. And you know, it's not, we don't just do eye buyers. It's, it's cash buyers and eye buyers are a big chunk of that. So we tend to get, you know, kind of gravitate towards that, but yeah, there's just so many nuances. And so what we do is we display all these offers on a side by side comparison. that's easy to read. And, um, you know, you go onto the site, you fill out the address, 
you hit, you know, you fill out a little survey that asks you a bunch of questions, just like you've seen on open door and offer pad and all those other companies. And then, you know, once we've reviewed it and got this spent bit sent back to you, you've got, I don't know, about 30 to 40 different offers, depending on your house and your scenario, 30 to 40 different offers that you can look at. And the timing of those offers coming in, is this, you know, when you're on kayak, you kind of get the, the flight information right basically immediately. I presume these offers from ex- your company, Exit Nest, that you're getting from all these different iBuyers, I-, I presume that's coming over the course of like 24 hours or is yeah, it? We, we usually tell them 24 to 48 hours is what, what our response time is. But we're, we would like to be that to be instant. I mean, that's our end goal. You know, that's our, we want it to yeah. be just like a kayak experience where you go on there and you're like, oh, okay, this isn't quite what I want. And they can just tweak it. And you, you can almost customize an offer for yourself, just like you do with the airlines. You're like, okay, I, this is kind of follow this path and this learning experience. And that's kind of, that's, that's what we ultimately see as a, as a great solution and the great ending point for where we're going. Yeah, man. I mean, I just, I, I love the tech. So, uh, so you said you shop this out to like 40 or 50 different potential buyers. Is that yeah, right? And so the way that we, we started was we we had a house and we're like, you know what, let's figure this out. We, you know, open door was very new and we're like, let's sell a house to them and see what the heck they're doing. And so we did, we sold a house at a loss. It was one of our flip houses. Not, we, we could have gotten more is what I'm saying. We didn't yeah, yeah, of course. Money. Anyway, and we were like, oh, look behind the curtain. Like, okay, what's going on here? Okay, we look at the HUD. Okay, we see what's kind of going on here. And then, and then over the course of the years, we've, we've added to that. And, you know, we've got our, our estimated calculations that we can put this together. And so that's kind of how it started. And now it's just, it's just grown to about 50 different ones. But not every, you know, each iBuyer is different. You know, you've got... Zillow who doesn't do septic systems and you've got open door who only does up to 500,000. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying that the, take this with a grain of salt because these change per market and, you know, there's, there's a lot of different nuances to all these different eyebars, but that's the point. Yeah. No different than uh, Southwest flies into, you know, Tampa, but not Miami. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then, that, but that might change. And so you go back there six months later and all of a sudden, you know, you thought Delta was the way to go to Miami and all of a sudden now Southwest has opened up Miami and has a, a flight for 50 bucks cheaper. Right. And as a homeowner, you may not know that Spirit Airlines or Frontier Airlines even exist. Where as a, as a seller, you don't know these 40 different iBars. You may know the top three, maybe you know the top five, but there, there's new ones coming out every week, it seems like. And we're, we're at aggressively going after those, you know, we're trying to do, you know, we're trying to get partnerships with these and get APIs some of them want to work with us. Some of them don't. A lot of the new ones love it because they can get on here and uh, it can be showcased where other ones are more established and they're not as excited about it because they don't want, they don't want the competition, but right. you know, there's no company out there that's really geared towards protecting the homeowner. No one is really helping the homeowner navigate the space. And that's really what we're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is going to sound super crazy, but you almost look like the future real estate agent on who's like you know who's basically like helping a seller get the max money possible for their property yes yes and no we're not a real estate company and we don't buy houses like the exit nest i want to be clear you know we don't ever buy the house we're not in competition with no i understand i understand i i mean an agent in the sense of you're basically representing the owner owner's best interest. You're not actually buying it, but you're representing their best interest, uh, you know, much in the way uh, an agent does and saying, Hey, I feel like as a, as I'm a broker, like I said, and I run, I run a brokerage and I, I tell my age, I've been telling them for years. I mean, the real estate that, you know, and the real estate agent's typical 
your model is just is gonna it's just going away it's gonna change it's gonna be different and so i'm i'm constantly telling my agents you know you have to be looking to the future and uh yeah i I feel like it's gonna be somewhere you know we're gonna find out what that's gonna look like but yeah the future of real estate is gonna be is gonna be different and if you don't get on board you're gonna get quite you're gonna get mowed over Right. No different than how a travel, I mean, travel agents existed in, in large quantities, yeah, you know, yeah. 10, 20 years ago, but, but now it's, it's much harder to find one. One thing we're actually rolling out right now, because, because of that specific thing is we're trying to, we, we're, we're working on a, a rollout right now um, for real estate agents. We want to be able to have real estate agents take this platform if they want to brand it their own, they could, but as a third party, it's kind of better to say, Hey, here, they're sitting in front of a homeowner at a listing appointment, say the homeowner's like, well, I want to check with Zillow and open door before I go with you. Right. So what they can do is go to our site and they put it right in there and they can get those offers, at least the estimated offers. Initially they go in, they put in the value of the house, they put in um, the repairs that are needed. And with the understanding that, Hey, these are estimated, but you know, typically this is probably what you're going to see and where all the different iBuyers stack up. And then if there is one or two of these that you want to explore, I'll go ahead and submit it for you. It doesn't cost you any more to have rate agent representation when you're going to these iBuyers, so why not? And so they're like, oh yeah, okay. So anyway, so our, we're trying to roll this out as a, as a service model for the agents to be able to use as a tool when they're on their listing appointments. That's great, that's great to see if, you know, as just another supplement to putting it on the MLS basically. Well, kind of, kind of before that, before they even get the deal and get that client locked in, this is a tool to help them, you know, not get circumvented. Cause they're like, the homeowner's like, well, okay, that's great. I'm going to go check out open door first before I list my house with you. Whereas, you know, be like, here, here's all, here's what you're going to see. You know, is there, you know, what do you want me to go to Smith to open door for you? And then they really love that. That's great. How's it going so far? I guess. What's been uh, it's the, going great. We've we've had it. We've had a couple of hiccups. Like like I said, some people like this and some people don't. We've actually had cease and desist orders from Zillow and Offerpad, and um, we've complied with those cease and desist. But that tells us we're on the right track. You know that that to us that gets us excited. Be like, hey, these guys are seeing what we're doing, um, and it's and it was mostly for you know copyright stuff. So we got that all taken care of. And but they, they don't. Some of them don't like the competition. I would see them as maybe competition, but also potentially a customer, right? I mean, maybe they would. Oh yeah. They, they once we, once, as soon as we produce a buyer, they fall right in line and they want to deal with us, but <laughs> up to the point where, you know, they don't like, some of them don't like it. If, you know, right. if they're going to be the best solution for this homeowner, then they're obviously going to love it. But yeah, it's a, uh, they're, they're yeah. definitely a customer in the end. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of like Southwest Airlines, right, where Southwest decided to not be on Kayak and some of those yep. sites. Yep. Uh, most airlines say, yeah, I, I should do this. And uh, I guess this, this marketplace will develop very similar to how yeah, all I wanna, these other I want to say like 30% or more of the traffic. It, I've heard that stat somewhere where 30% or more goes through a site like Travelocity or, or you know, one of those things. So, you know, I think they realize it now, you know, there's, there's definite value in this aggregation of all this. You just get in your lane. And that's what I keep, you know, telling people, everybody's got their own thing. Like Zillow has their box, you know, in, in the future, there will probably be people that are buying high rise condos because that's, a, it's a niche space. And, and I think that's really something as, as these agents look to the future, you need to find your niche. If you don't find a niche, you know, you, you can't compete with open door. Like a, like a weed buggy houses guy, 
they like stuff that's beat up. That's where they really shine. A Sunday is another iBuyer. They, they really like homes that they can, you know, really fix up where open door, they just want carpet and paint and, and do a light fix. So it, why fight over the same lead? Why have, why have 50 different people paying, you know, fighting over the same lead when they don't even want it. And that's what we're here to do is kind of put everyone in their lane and say, this is a great deal for you and just kind of match people up. What, I mean, one thing is obviously Zillow is getting a ton of attention partially because they're a publicly traded company. And so their earnings reports are public. Their stock has been highly variable, but, but recently on the upswing, as I think many investors are looking at what they're doing and saying, wow, this is a big market opportunity. You said an interesting point where you see a lot of data here. Do you have some thoughts on, on how Zillow is doing or their opportunity in this space? You know, it's funny because I kind of think of them as the baby in the space because they're, they're pretty new. Right. Like when they launched here in Phoenix, we were right there. We, we, you know, we were, we were tracking their stuff because we were on, we were, you know, we were doing this, we're in the space. And so we're like, okay, when we, we did our first few deals with them, it was a little clunky, you know, and um, they're starting to get things figured out and they're definitely scaling fast. I mean, they're, so they're not, they're not the new guys anymore. Now there's, you know, been 20 or 30 people that have come after them. So I don't, I don't really know if that answered your question or not, but they're, they're definitely growing and they're definitely getting better and their systems. I think, I think their systems just needed some work and I think uh, they've been working on that. Yeah. I mean, right. I guess like uh, even though the company has been around for a long period of time, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they were a startup in the iBuying space. Oh yeah. And they so, had a huge, huge advantage just because of the name recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And people are already going there to, to sell their house. And so they already had those leads. Why not capitalize on them? Capitalize on them. And I guess your stance here would probably be that there's not a winner in this space. That there's probably, uh, like other mature digital markets that have all, some, some different nuances. And obviously buying homes has a lot of nuances to it. Uh, they're probably, you know, if you fast forward here two, three years will probably be at scale 20, 30 buying companies still. Oh yeah. I see, I see this continuing to grow and the iBuyers aren't going anywhere. I just think they'll get more, more and more niche. You know, like I, like I was saying with the high rise condos or properties in ski resort towns, maybe there's an iBuyer that will pop up for that. You know, there's just, I, th- I just feel like they're going to be popping up and uh, they're not going anywhere. That's awesome. Exit Nest. I think right now you told me you're in Arizona and you're about to open up another state, North Carolina. Do I have that right? Or Yeah. So we're, we're beta testing um, Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, okay. South Carolina, Atlanta, okay. Georgia, but really with just a few more um, things done on our end, we can really go to about 20 different markets. You know, you look at these iBuyers created this space before this, there was no reason for Exit Nest to exist because you didn't have these institutional buyers. These companies are coming in with wall street money at 4% and the normal fix and flip guys can't compete with that. And so when, as soon as there was three, there became this need for comparison shopping, right? And now there's so many, you really got to be able to compare. And so they've created this space and they've launched out into these different markets. And, and those are the, and I think I, I, I can't remember the stat. My partner's really good at the stats, but he said, I think he was saying a third of the iBuyers, volume is all going through these four, these four different markets that I just mentioned. And that's why we're following suit. We're just following the iBars around to where they're going. And so we're pretty close to being able to just uh, match them with where they're going. It's interesting. And when, when you expand it, do you think about a state or no, I guess you actually think about like a DMA or like a, like a city? Or yeah, it's you... tricky because even in Phoenix, like for example, 
this is where most of this started in Phoenix with Open Door and OfferPad and, and Zillow all being right here. Most of them don't go out of the metro area. It's the Phoenix, the, you know, it's the greater Phoenix area. So you don't necessarily go by state. You go by definitely by, by the metro market. That's interesting. It's just, uh, I find this space to be just so fascinating. It's so, do you find it to be polarizing? <laughs> it, like when I, I, I post on Facebook about this space once in a while, and when I do, I find people are kind of either in either one camp or the other. One camp is like, this is the future of real estate. Traditional real estate agents are screwed. <laughs> or there's the other camp, which is these guys are never going to figure it out. It's too hard to scale local flipping and buying homes like this. Do, do you find that? I mean, you must, because I'm sure you're kind of talking well, about the space so much. Initially, I was in the camp that, you know, real estate agents are doomed. You know, there's just no, I mean, a lot of these iBuyers, their, their goal, I don't know about a lot of them, but I know a couple of them, their goal is to buy a house in 24 hours. That's their end goal. They're, they're gobbling up title companies. They're creating mortgage companies. So they're trying to get this process that is cumbersome and takes 30 to 60 days down to 24 days. They want it to be simple. You just go online, you click buy a house, you know, that's kind of the end goal. So how do, where does a real estate agent fit in there? I think it's definitely different than what it looks like today. I think um, maybe you're like, as an appraiser, I think, I don't know if I told you that I got, I was, I started out as an appraiser, but yeah, as an, as an appraiser, the same thing that, that job will eventually become a computer's job, but there'll always be a need for a person to sitting on top of it because right every real estate by definition is unique. Every single house is different. So you can never get it perfect. And there's always these unique scenarios where, you know, there's the hard corner here. There's just too many scenarios and same thing with real estate agents and even more so real estate agents are needed to navigate this space. You don't necessarily need to fight the eye buyers. You just got to get on board with them and use it as an extra quiver in your bow, you know, in your, in your, you know, extra arrow in your quiver. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's just kind of like how, uh, you know, you can buy stocks online, but there's, there's sure as heck is a, is still a market for hedge funds and stockbrokers and, you know, overall kind of just folks to advise you in your investing scenario. It's just not quite as transactional as it yeah. used to be. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I think the, the heydays of, you know, the 6% fee and, and just doing minimal work. And I know I'm, I don't want to marginalize agents because they do, they do quite a bit, but I think the, the, those days are kind of behind us where it's, it's becoming cheaper as technology advances. There's less, there's less required of the actual person. So the fees just go down. That's just the way it is. So yeah. you've either got to do more volume or you've got to do something different that requires you. Maybe you're doing you know, virtual tours for your buyers or something like that. I don't know. Right. Um, but there's, yeah, there's, it's, uh, it's definitely changing and the landscape will be changing. You just got to keep on top of it and uh, you don't necessarily need to fight them. You just got to kind of figure out a way to work with them. And uh, cause like I say, they're, they're too big to, and they may, they may, some of the major ones may go away, but a lot of agents now are offering to buy houses. You know, it's even gotten to that where, you know, the, the big dog, you know, the, the big powerhouse agents in town are offering to buy houses if it doesn't sell, you know, that's always been a, that's been a thing that's been popping up too. Interesting. Fascinating. I, uh, th this space and just kind of where it's going, there's so much change here in an industry that really hasn't been impacted by tech. It is now finally getting some, some tech innovation in it. I guess here's what I'll, what I'll close with. What one thing we ask all our guests is what, what are you kind of most excited about 
over the next two to three years in this kind of uh, call it I buying space. I like that thought of being able to buy a house in 24 hours, like going on to Amazon, clicking a house and, uh, and buying it, you know, that, that really excites me, uh, you know, with uh, blockchain technology and title companies and just all the stuff that can happen there to make this efficient. You know, I think as, as, as agents and, and as buyers and flippers, we just need to sharpen our pencil and get our niche. And that's why, you know, like with the lease options, right? That's, that's kind of my niche in, in when I, on, on that end of things, I, I, I do a lot of different things, but that's really where, where my niche is. And, and it's hard to, it's hard to be a jack of all trades when it comes to, to stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head, which is, uh, I know like for us, we have a, a small realty brokerage and our agents kind of focus specifically on working with investors both buy and sell, but, but it's, it's typically a very kind of focused approach. And because of that, they, they, they know what's out there. They know the market better. They know how to explain an investment property better than, you know, you could get from just working with like an agent who doesn't specialize in working with investors. And so that kind of seems like the future, right? Which is whether you're a tech platform or, or you're working in real estate, as a service business, it's being highly focused so you can actually add value. And this, this kind of the day of just the jack of all trades, just very transactional uh, starts to go away. And I, I love the, you know, the idea of buying a home in 24 hours. And I think, you know, you brought up Amazon. I mean, I'm sure like in the next 24 months, I'd be shocked if Amazon doesn't get, because uh, this, you know, buying a home doesn't look that much different than buying you know, a really complex stereo system, right? No, it's really not rocket science. However, for me to think of as, as an investor, for me to trust a computer to buy a house for me, there's no way. There's just no way. We're, we're still so far away, but yeah. we're not, we're not, we are and we aren't at the same time. Like, uh, I mean, there's, there's companies out there doing it, but they're, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these aren't making any money yet. You know, like I say, they, they still haven't quite figured out, but they're also scaling too. So yeah. I think they will figure it out as they niche, but you can't, you know, like I say, with, with, with a high rise condo uh, scenario, you know, a North facing high rise condo on the 12th floor is different than a, a second story East facing condo. So there's the niche, you know, there, there are niches that you can excel in. Yeah. It's just where are you going to be? Now, here's the last question I'll have. And I'll, I'll end it here. I know one thing is like hotly, hotly contested is can these I buying companies, the Zillow, all these other guys, can they actually create a profitable business at scale? I mean, clearly they're starting to create some scale, but I mean, if you look at Zillow numbers, they're, they're not doing it profitably today. I tend to think, yes, they can. Amazon wasn't profitable for a very long period of time, but eventually economies of scale and tech kind of catch up and create a profitable business. Where do you kind of add on this? Well, it's hard because like when you're, when you're focused on, like, I think Zillow's target was last I heard from one of the people that worked there, they were, they were trying to target 6%. You know, they were like, okay, if we can get a 6% fee, we can make this work, you know, because all we're doing is basically making that same fee they pay the real estate agent. We're taking that into discount and we can turn around and resell that. When their margins are so thin, I think you just have to, I think it keeps going back to that specializing, you know, and, and they do each, each one of these iBuyers has their own box, even though, Right now they're kind of broad and then, and I think once they stop expanding, once they reach that, once they get into those markets and then they start to settle, if they can make it to that point, I think at that point, that's when the profit really, really can start flowing in. It's awesome, man. Jason, I love it. Exitnest.com. If you haven't been, super cool site available in Phoenix now, but sounds like uh, 
looking at other markets like Raleigh and kind of fo following the iBuyer. So where there's uh, a lot of buyers acting as kind of that intermediary, much in the way of a kayak.com. Super awesome tech. Love the, the company philosophy. What's a good way for people to reach out to you if uh, they want to chat more? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn or just eggsnest.com. Shoot us an email. We can touch base that way. Jason, thanks so much for joining and uh, yeah, look forward to uh, spending more time kind of watching what you're up to in Exit Nest and, and uh, talking to you more in the future. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. Thanks for joining us today. I have one more request. If you like this show, could you just please give us a review on Apple Podcasts? I'd really, really appreciate it so more investors can hear about us. Follow us at Real Estate Hackers on Instagram if you're cool like my wife, and if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up. Maybe we'll get you on this show. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.